Howdy, howdy, everyone. I'm Daisy Blue. I'm your host, and this is the Abiding Blue Podcast. My job is to ask all the awkward and weird questions that you want to hear about your favorite songs as told by the artists themselves. So with that in mind, let's get to today's guest. Welcome to the Abiding Blue Podcast. I'm sitting here with David Olguin. He's already warmed up. He's already got his beer in front of him. We'll have to fill it up again. We'll have to fill it up again. So uh, once again, thanks to Icebox Brewery for sponsoring us today. As per usual, I have a sour wit sitting in front of me. David Olguin has a frostbite. Uh, yeah, that's right. Frostbite IPA. Yeah. They have the frostbite IPAs in the cans, in the refrigerator, Maybe it's a four-pack, maybe it's an eight-pack, maybe it's a six-pack. Maybe you got to come out in here to see it. If you have a six-pack, maybe this ain't the place for you. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Icebox has been super accommodating, super amazing. I've gotten really spoiled being here, always having the beers that I like. I like being paid in beer. It's very nice. David Olguin. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> All right. Where should, we, where should we start? Should we start from the beginning? Uh, we start from the very beginning. This, this is where I oh, let you know, I, I was also place. recording, so I'll just... No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> the origin stories. That's, that's where I normally start. <gasps> that is mine. Thank you so much. Oh, they found a ting that I left. God bless you. Thank you. I just, I leave all my things at Icebox. I left some microphone stands. I left my water bottle. I left my tip jar here, too. I should see if that's still around. Any whoosies, David Olguin. Now that I have my first cup of beer done, this is going to be a whole different show than what we recorded before. That's perfect. I want you to tell me the most interesting thing about your origins. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> no, it's... So... Uh, I am from here in Las Cruces. Um, Get right out of town. Yep. I'm from here in Las Cruces. My, my dad was in several bands growing up, um, so I got to watch that as a, as a youngster. Um, so I think around sixth or seventh grade, I was really mm. bothering him about getting a guitar. Um, and I basically used his crummiest guitar for the first uh, year or two until he decided, okay, this kid might be interested enough um, in this thing to, let's, you know, to go for it. So I think around eighth grade, I got my first guitar. It was super exciting. It was a, a Seagull uh, cutaway from, from Hubbard's, and uh, I still have it. I use Shout it. Shout out to Hubbard's. It's a, that's a weird story on its own. I, I, sold it. Um, I sold it because I had the opportunity to buy this sweet Breedlove, right? And I've always wanted a Breedlove. I got it. It was so exciting. Um, it started having all kinds of neck issues and warping, and it started separating from the body. I ended up having to do a ton of work to it, and I thought, I better sell this now that I did all this work to it. I sold it, and I had the chance to buy my Seagull back, my childhood Seagull guitar. Really? So I have it, and I'm like, all right, it's, it came back to me. I don't think I can ever get rid of this again. Full circle. Yeah, yeah. Full circle. Now, so, so well, that was an acoustic guitar. Have you always yeah. loved acoustic music? So, yeah, I'd say easily. So I've, I've gone through phases. I think we've all gone through phases, right? Um, my first, like, I think my first real interest in music was um, my brother had a, had a box set of George Strait when I was 
in you know sixth seventh grade, and I would I listen to like that whole box set front and back, um, and you know you memorize all these lyrics, and I'm like I guess I, that's the first time I was like I guess I can probably memorize some lyrics okay, um, and then you know in high school I went through my classic rock phase. Um, uh, in college, I went through my uh, ska, reggae, punk phase. Um, <laughs> These are and, all very different phases. Yeah, it's very, very different. Who didn't go through a punk rock phase, though? That's what I yeah. want to know. It's normal. It's normal. Yeah. It's got to happen at some point to everybody. Um, so when, uh, so after I, after I, you know, graduated college and moved to Indiana, I started. Uh, some of my friends out there kind of got me into. You know some really cool bands that I just never knew about. You know that's when I started listening to the Avid Brothers and like the Decemberists and the Decemberists yeah, and, and, and people like um, Fleet Foxes and I just started really getting into like these more emotionally driven but very clean sounding songs. Um, where I just felt like this, the, the amount of emotional weight on each of these songs was just so for me. Um, and, and, and I don't know why, uh, you know, I, I, I ended up that, in that spot and, you know, right place, right time. Um, I met a guy that, was, uh, that I worked with. Um, he really showed me, like, he was really the first guy I was ever around in close proximity who could really, really shred. And his instrument of choice was this Martin full-body, solid, mahogany, awesome guitar, right? And it was like, it, he was so damn good. His name was Josh Schwallers. Um, and I, I'll never forget him coming to my apartment and just totally walking up and down the neck, doing all this awesome finger-picking and could totally do flat picking, but also could do, um, you know, this finger picking and just What's flat strumming. What's the difference strumming. between fing- finger picking and flat picking? So finger picking, usually you're using at least three fingers, uh, often alternating bass notes with rhythm, you know, um, you know, the low E and the A, um, often, you know, kind of insinuating that walking bass. Um, whereas flat picking is really just kind of like getting that lead uh, single note at a time getting that lead out and the really good guys like guys like Billy Strings can really like get that lead but also maintain a, a chord structure at the same time and it's really really mind blowing to see it's not something I can do but it's really really cool uh, when you get to see it done you know um, so that was really my introduction to that whole world of like Americana folk like just this new art form that I hadn't been around. Um, would you classify yourself as a as a folk artist? How would you define? That's a really your good question. Or your style? I don't. I really don't know how to self-define. I, I, I think most people that would hear me would say I'd be you know in the Americana genre, but it's it's hard for me to say that with with any kind of real accuracy you know um or with, don't with label any, me man that's, that's don't <laughs> label me like that well that's it's yeah i don't know i i, I really not sure if that's i would like to be called that if i had a if i had to pick that's what i would like to be I'm called gonna go but ahead i just don't and know. call you an americana oh, shoot. artist Thank i'm gonna you. go ahead and do it um yeah i always hear a lot of really great finger p- plucking, picking, 
sticking <laughs> type music when I hear you play. Um, I love your covers. Anybody who goes to see David Olguin requests Rocky Raccoon for sure. And, um, you know, we had a conversation before this about songwriting and yeah. how to get into songwriting and... Um, you know, this show is definitely about the process and the things that are important to you. What, what is the other song that you're going to play for us today? I know you have a song about yeah. you and your dad or yeah. your Kind experience. of in general, yeah. Uh, overall, I'd say my dad's definitely a part of that that journey, right? But Does he um, support your music? Is he's like Yeah, he's actually he's like, yeah. He's big, it's big my boy. Yeah, he's he's super good at he's all, he's very very good at letting me know when I need to make adjustments, things he's like, "I think you did that very well. Maybe you shouldn't do that song." And he's like he's that voice that I don't really get to have from everyone, you know? Right, the um, critique. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's 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 that voice that um I mean, I need it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not always. You know, it kind of bums you out so, sometimes. Yeah, some, sometimes I'm like, man, I thought, <laughs> I, thought I did that. I thought Damn, did I, thought, good. I thought that song came out great. But, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of a shock. But I'm like, it, I, I kind of, I think everybody needs that voice. Um, but in general, no, he's really the guy that has single-handedly um, convinced me to do more with music. Um, so he, when I was 15, I mean, I was not performance ready. The PA that I play on today, uh, my dad bought me that when I was 15. Like, like you're it, ready, You son. play on the same PA system that you played on back then? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not this one here, but it's um, <laughs> the one that I, I play on now. Um, I actually just bought an upgrade. So that's what I was telling you. That, yeah, my, we were talking about gears in the mail. Yeah. Bose compact PA systems before this. He's like, oh, man, how many drivers you got? <laughs> And I'm like, it's just me that drives, it's, man. It's, I don't, no, I don't have any people that drive me around. So I drive one car at a time, dude. Yeah. They, um, and I was only asking that because I've been like, was like knee deep in research on this stuff, um, just in the last couple of weeks, trying to decide. You know, it makes me really anxious making a big purchase like that. Um, but it's an yeah. investment, you know. It's totally an investment that I, um, and you know, the PA that I have right now is easily like sixty pounds. And it's just oh, a giant mama. suitcase. It's just, it's a monster. Um, For anybody listening to this that thinks 60 pounds is not a big deal, which I doubt very, very few people are, are going to think that. But it's just when you park at a venue and there, you can't come up to the door to unload your stuff, you don't just have the PA. You have all this other stuff with you, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Several 60 trips. 60 pounds. Or if you're hauling, hauling to the roof, the rooftop terrace at the Hacienda. Right. Like, yeah, no, that's pretty rough. Oh. It can get pretty rough. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, no, he, so my dad easily is, has been a real big cheerleader for me. Um, so you kind I mean, of followed I've, after your dad in two different ways. Yeah, yeah. I've you're just trying to be know, your dad. I, maybe so. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it like that. But yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to look up to there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to look up to there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been uh, a big part of it. Um, so you asked me about the other song? Yeah. The other, um, the other song I wrote, I think I started writing about two years ago. I finished it this week. Yeah! 
Um, Ooh, okay. Started writing I'm it excited. like two years ago uh, when my daughter was, I think, two, two years, 18 months-ish, something like that. Um, one of my favorite, favorite things to do at home is to plant a garden. Um, so we have this section, this space out back um, where, you know, we'll till it up every year, get it ready, pull up the rows. Um, I get pretty scientific with it and I brought out a transit and <laughs> leveled it out nice and nice and save some water, you know? Um, so I, I, that's one of my favorite, favorite things ever is just watching, you know, after I'm done working in the garden, look at it, watch it, look at it, you know, kind of just kind of remember what seeds are planted where, um, my wife really does a good job of laying out where things are going to go. Um, but that's the, the, that's where the song started from was just like a good feeling about the garden and all that. Um, watching my daughter outside playing. Um, the other thing it was kind of simultaneously going on is I took on a lot more responsibility at work, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I work at Sun City Plumbing and Heating. That's a company my dad word, founded. Word. Yep. What, what? Um, <laughs> you've seen Plug. us around town, the yellow vans, can't miss them. Um, so they, I, I took on more responsibility at work at this time. Um, my daughter was very young. My wife was working part-time at the time. And I, I had this constant feeling of not being there for them. Um, and really taking on more responsibility, also feeling very behind the eight ball at work and not really feeling like I'm not really winning anywhere right now, right? Where I'm like, I'm not giving, I'm, I'm at this job that I'm struggling at and I'm not giving my attention to my home life that I should and this and all this stuff, right? So that's really, it's, it's just like, this song is really a balancing act of those things that really make me happy and the things that really make me insecure at the same time about, you know, knowing what I love and knowing what you need to me do at the same oh. time. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's really where the song came from. Um, I had the first couple verses down, um, and I hammered out a couple choruses and, and, and really this is one of those songs that I couldn't land on a hook. I actually, in a panic, I sent this to Chris Baker the other night, and I'm like, it's like, Chris, will you listen to this? I just don't. I'm so insecure about this song. Will you listen to this? Um, he listened to it, and he's like, well, I like that it's free. You know, it's, uh, he's like, no, it's, it's good. Uh, well, it made, me, it made me feel really good about it, um, which, you know, I'll, I'll let people decide how they feel about it, but I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Well, so far, I'm loving the premise of it, because I feel like... That's insanely relatable. It's just being pulled in so many different directions. Like you're like, everybody needs a piece of me, and there's not sure. enough of me to go around. Oh, sure. You know? It's not unique. Definitely yeah. not unique. Yeah. I've, I've always, like, so my, my wife and I have had this conversation a few times about, you know, I always feel like I can be good at two things, right? Like, I can be, I can be a great dad, and I can be a, like, I can be a really good worker, right? Um, but that means I'm probably not going to be a very good musician. Um, and at the same time, you know, I could be doing, I could be feeling like I'm killing it at music, but I'm probably not doing great at work or I'm not like paying enough attention to my family. Um, so there's always that balance, balance and struggle that I've, you know, 
I'm learning to accept. Um, What's the answer? To, yeah, there, I don't think there ever is an answer. That's no, the problem. I was hoping the, the song would be like, ah, this is how you do it. This is how you solve that problem. <laughs> this is the end-all, be-all. But no, I, yeah. I guess I, I, I don't have an end-all, be-all. Um, mm. And really, the song kind of ends with that feeling, you know? Um, what is the song called? So I called it uh, Gardens and Growing Pains. Gardens of Growing Pains. Yeah. I'm so excited to hear it. So, okay, everybody. Gardens of Growing Pains by David Olgeen. You heard it here first on the Abiding Blue podcast. No, you're good. Yeah, we will edit here. Hey, if anybody wants to bring me another sour wit, I would love you for all eternity. God bless you. And let's get David drunk before he goes back to work. He had a frostbite. Wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) They're kind of amused with me.
Thank you. I love it. So that one ended up, it ended up being a little bit more freeform than like I set out to write. I mean, the songs I gravitate to always have a, a hook, you know what I mean? I think that's most people. Right. And a, B, A, B. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the chord structure ended up with like this A, B, A, B thing, right? But I couldn't get it lyrically to say enough, you know? Um, so it's like I ran out of the economy of words wouldn't allow me to do it. Um, the economy of words. Just saying that, I'm like, those are a lot of good words. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it with enough words, right? I want to have enough lyrics in there to say what I am trying to say. Um, but I felt like if I were to try to come back to the same hook, I couldn't get there. So um, that was really the one thing about that song that I was like, man, I don't know about this one. Um, but so that's this when is, I, sent I mean, unreleased song. So this is not yeah, yeah. recorded. Unrecorded, unreleased. So this yeah. is the first place that people are going to hear. Yeah, actually, that's the first time I've played it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. So, and then that one was called again. Uh, Gardens and Growing Pains. Gardens and Growing Pains. Yeah. And I think that is the most vulnerable song that I've heard you perform that's yours. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, th I think so. Yeah, and you know, in our in our last interview, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of talked about uh, the vulnerability of of songwriting and how you know there's this very real thing that when you write a song about somebody, they will hear it. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's in the public sphere. And how do you deal with that and, and continue to write? And I don't think we had an answer for that. We just kind of said, well, yeah, either it's do or be you don't. That's, it's got to be something that you're comfortable with and it's not going to be a mystery. Yeah. I think the reason that I'm like able to sing this song now is I wrote it. I'm at a little bit of a different place than when I did write it, which oddly enough. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe, maybe so. Like after you've dealt with the season and you go into another season, then you can reflect on it in a way that's productive versus... I think you're onto something. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. Just spitballing. Um, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think that there's, there's definitely some layers to like one being vulnerable, but also just being able to put something out that that's yours um, and not have to have that fear that I'm going to have this ripple effect and whiplash effect, right? I mean, I think for the... You mentioned Taylor Swift earlier, right? Yeah. I think, like, for some people, there's... They grow accustomed to it, right? And once you're out there and really putting yourself out there for so long, it becomes this new armor, Right? which I definitely don't have. Um, I definitely would need some time to figure that out and not, um, and not be super, super tied, like weighed down by it, you know? Cause by the personal aspect exactly, of writing. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, because something that we talked about is that when you write... It always comes from a personal place because I, I know a lot of different, you know, songwriters that I've chat with and, you know, even I think 90% of the time, most of my songs are about me and sure. my experiences and like a cathartic thing. 
But, um, you know, if I'm writing for a client or if I'm just like writing at an exercise or just trying to do something interesting, I might just pick something and like go from there. So, but I like your emotional attachment to songwriting and the commitment to you will write from your experience. And if something's not true to you, that you're not going to, you're not going to put it out there. I've, I've definitely tried, you know, like to be like an observant writer. I'm putting myself in that person's shoes um, and felt so inauthentic about it. Um, thinking, I, I don't know, it's hard. It's super hard to put into words, but I've, I've definitely seen friends and loved ones go through hardships and thought, you know, I'm going to write a song about that and I'll start writing something and just like, no, I can't do that. You that's just not, can't connect yeah, the same way. No, that's not for me to do that. You know, um, yeah. so I always circle back to that spot that it's like, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not for me. So I think that eventually I, I just want to be in a place where I can write personal experiences comfortably um, and, and, and have, them be, have them be true. Um, so Chris Baker also recommended this book to me, right? Uh, writing better lyrics. Oh, and I was I just about to say, I know exactly the and, book you're talking and I about. I don't remember. I don't remember the author's name. I feel really bad about that. Oh but, man, I know I have it in my notes because we talked about that book too. So, I think I'm in like the first two chapters. Yeah. So there's this, uh, there's this like great quote in that book that, um, that I, it's the one thing I remember, right? Um, don't conf- what was it? Don't confuse or don't let truth get in the way. Excuse me. Don't let reality get in the way of truth. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So even though it's not perfectly succinct to reality, it's still, if you're drawing truth from it and others can too, then it maybe still does belong in that song. Um, So I've, yeah. I'm, I've, that's constantly echoed in my mind about things that I'm like, I shouldn't put this in here, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like I like it anyway. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah. if it's a powerful lyric, sure. You sure. know, absolutely. I, I will be scrolling through my notes here really fast to try to find that book. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> we got major pops, props to, to Chris Baker for being yeah. kind of the mentor of the songwriters I, and less Cruises. I think, I think he's a, yeah, he's, I owe the guy a lot, you know, um, constantly, uh, you know, reach his hand out to me, not just me, um, but you know, anybody he's, he's seen out there performing, he's like, this guy needs more, this guy needs more stage time. I'm going to introduce him to some people. And yeah, he's just been that person for so many people. It's really cool. Cool of him. It's like, makes me feel really lucky to know him. Um, I think but, uh, he's episode five. I'm trying to plug his episode. I'm like, yeah. he's either episode five or episode four. I think. I think. Any hoozies. Yeah, I'm going to try it. to convince him to do like a songwriting. Um, uh, I was going to say expo. Like a course. Sure. Uh, so we've been talking about that for a long time. So I'm going to re-attack him on that. But now I'm even, just chatting. Even, so even, let's even song ta- songwriting uh, jam circle, right? Yeah, let's, that'd be let's great. Let's get together, a bunch of guitars, a bunch of pads and pads, and just uh, maybe one scriber and just everybody throwing out lyrics. 
That That'd, sounds so fun. That'd be a really productive, fun thing to do. Yeah. So, but let's circle back to your songwriting. Yeah. So um, there is another song that you've prepared today, and it's about. I know your dad. You looked up to for um, music, and yeah. you looked up for him in the profession that you're in now, and that the song's kind of about that. Yeah. So, so really, my my dad's always kind of been this benchmark of 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 life for me in a weird way um i don't know that i've fully wrapped my head around it per se because you know when you are dealing with your own father it's always um uh you, you know that feeling uh the way dads are always like ah oh, you know my kids don't take me seriously if i could and there's a little bit of like there's too much truth to that because, like, when you're in the moment, you're like, ah, whatever, Dad. Yeah, whatever, Dad. You don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> right? And but, I know but, everything. But in reality, yeah. in reality, like, the the man is who you um, look up to in so many ways. Um, you know, be known to you or not, it's he's he's that guy. So yeah, no, he, he um, he's been a been been a been a, a really big mentor in a lot of ways for me um whether i've whether i've reckoned with it or not um i think that's the truth um so the song really is just about me being here being in like a, 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 a being in a household where I always felt like, man, we're always doing chores. Why are we always doing <laughs> chores? What is happening? Because your um, parents are good at, what, at being parents. So, yeah. yeah, so my dad's rhythm of life was always work all week long, Saturday, Sunday, you bust your ass on the yard, right? And um, <laughs> like that's what we do. Um, you, you, you bust in the yard. We, had, we, we raised pecans um, and, and, and alfalfa. At, at my parents' house growing up, and that, that's mm-hmm. that was kind of my chore for uh, several summers. Was just so your dad uh, had a garden too. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I love it so much. Yeah. Um, but my wife does love it too, and I really hope my daughter loves it. Um, she seems to be excited every time we're planting seeds, and um, she's not much love- for pill- she's not much for pulling weeds yet, but. Well, who likes pulling weeds? But I, I love planting seeds. I love like all the metaphors around it. I was kind of working in um, the vineyard for Mara Winery for a oh, little yeah. bit, and I just really enjoyed my time in the vineyard and yeah. coming back and seeing all the things that have grown because of you know the pruning that I had done. Yeah. How it? I don't know. I think there's something really magical about gardening or farming, and and you know. Cultivating um, these growing things. There's this, there's this hidden brain. I don't know if you ever heard of the podcast Hidden Brain. No. Um, It's with uh, Shankar Vedantam. It's on NPR. But there's this really cool episode about. I think it's called the Gardener and the Farmer. No, the Carpenter and the Gardener. Like the concept is about child rearing, child rearing, raising your kids. Um, And you know, the carpenter obviously um, has a plan for their kid. And, and we're going to take steps to make sure that this kid ends up as planned, right? Um, and the gardener has, works, works more on cultivating a nourishing environment as opposed to setting Step specific one. goals, yeah. right? Um, 
And I was thinking about that. I, I don't know. When I, when, I, when I work on my garden, I work in my yard, and I'm at my house, and I'm thinking about it, and I always circle back to thinking that I would rather be the gardener, you know? Um, and I'm from, this, I'm from this culture and this world where really most of the people around me are the product of carpenter's kids, right? Um, the people that I've, I've grown up around. Um, I grew up in like a really great neighborhood. The people that I've worked with professionally. Um, lots of engineers. Uh, people who have like, this is a sculpted being, right? Um, great people. Don't get me wrong. Great people. But I also have always thought like, I really don't know where I even fall on that scale because um, as much as I think my parents might have been gardeners, I think that maybe half and half, maybe I had some carpenter in there too um, because I did kind of end up following academia, you know, going, I mean, getting my engineering degree was not easy at all. Um, so, <laughs> so, Can't um, even spell the word engineer. <laughs> oh, neither can I. Neither can, I neither, neither can most engineers. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's but um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to think about where we where we ended up. Where did we start on this? I'm sorry, I went on um, a tangent. We're we're going on to your song, the workers. Oh, song. Yeah, the working man song. The working man song. Yeah, the working man song. Yeah. So the way when I started writing this, I started just feeling like I want to make a song that resembles where I've been and why, um, and sort of just makes, sort of just um, documents my own, my own experience. And I kind of modeled it after the Avett Brothers song, The Once and Future Carpenter, and, uh, which is a song just about a young man who works as a carpenter, who leaves, who chases something, and kind of finds what he loves and ends up there, right? Um, for me, it ended up being, I started here, I did my thing, I got my degree, I left, I came back. Um, and, you know, life really is good. And it's, that's, um, that, that, that's where I, where I wanted to end up with the song. And, and that's, that's my reality, which is, I mean, pretty sweet. Well, I love this song. I've heard you play it out before, and I'm excited for everybody else to hear it too. So, The Working Man Song by David Olgeen. Show you how it's done. Oh, 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 oh. 
wrong, haven't lost your phone Trust me, son, you'll be the one When the day is done With something that was built from scratch You will be set in stone It's gonna be here long after Long after you're gone So use your head and try your best No matter what you do I'll be there right by your side It's lesson number two A working man is on by the one When times get up He's gonna take it on It might seem like Life should be more fun Pass me a pop branch boy I will show you how it's done Lesson number three, you see, it's God is God is plan. Working man is on by no one. When times get tough, you know, he's gonna take it on. It might seem like life should be more fun. Put your time in life to find a home and love someone. Appreciate it. That was gorgeous. An original tune by David Olgeen. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for sharing with that. Yeah, that's sharing with of, that, sharing that with us um, today. Uh, welcome, you are for that. <laughs> yeah. Yoda, we speak. Um, okay, so for all your new fans, how do we follow you? How do we find you? All do you right. have a website, social media, email, phone number? Yeah. What's up? All right. So, uh, I have a Facebook page. It's Dave Olgeen Music. Um, I, so, my wife and I are going to put together a Instagram. We're trying to do that this week. We're so behind. <laughs> I know. I'm, so, I'm coming up. I'm like so out there. Radical. Uh, so, we're going to get an Instagram going. I just use going. carrier pigeons. Is so that, That's... I mean, that feels right to me. Um, but, uh, Sky I, Banner. I always put out a set of cards at all my gigs um, with uh, my name, phone number, yada, 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 um, email address, all that good stuff. Um, I, my next show what is actually... What are those things, though? <laughs> what, oh. what are the things that are on the card? Oh, the things that are on the card. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Facebook slash Dave Olgeen Music. Uh, you can email me at david.j.olgeen at gmail.com with no H on the Olgeen. How do you spell Olgeen? Olgeen is O-L-G-U-I-N. Yeah, so no H. Um, Which is a little uncommon in Las Cruces in the the Las Cruces parts. But, um... Okay. Yeah, so my parents are from Albuquerque. And up there, Olgeen without an H is kinda-ish common. Where would the H go? I don't know. At the front. I'm sure you know a lot of Olgeens with an H. Olgeens? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
it will be the more of the <laughs> of the Norwegians and the yeah. Uh The H is silent, but oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, just rolling like, with well, it, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, in Spanish, the H is silent. Uh, oh, that makes sense then. Yeah, so it's Olguin is Olguin is Olguin. So. so it's a Spanish name. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Then we're both yeah, on I'm the same. Sure. Hey, cheers. Right, cheers. Hey. Um, but uh, my next show is actually at Icebox on Picacho, uh, July 10th. It's a Saturday. Um, I'm playing the 11th at Sombra Antigua Winery in Chamberino. Perfect. Um, so that's an afternoon show, 2.30 to 5.30. Um, and I think I've got one more. Yes. July 30th at Vintage Wines. Yeah, I'm so impressed that you know your show schedule. <laughs> well, there's only three in, in uh, there's only a few in in in, in July, so we're, it's easy. I we never off, know. We I blocked n- off some time. I never know my show schedule. I always feel like kind of offended when people ask me what my schedule is. Oh, I should know that. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I have look it, it posted up. somewhere. <laughs> I have it posted somewhere. Go look it up. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on. I loved all this original music. Thank you. I have one more question for you. Sure. I've been asking this of the musicians who have been coming on the show. The music community of Las Cruces, as it is right now, what do you think that it needs that we're not doing that we could be doing differently? Something that, that would add to the music community here, the music experience here. That's a super good question. Um, okay, what are we lacking? That we could be doing. We're, you know, the number of venues that can handle big bands... Which, of which I'm not one, right? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a one-man show. But the number of venues that, um, that can handle a big band are very, very slim. Like, there's really a few options. Like, there's, there's El Patio, there's Palacios, there's... Right. They just opened um, back up recently. They did, yeah. yeah. There's Amador and The Game, right? They can really handle big bands right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the one thing to like really push forward and get more people out, because um, there's something to be said about the stuff that like you and I do in our solo performances, which is really fun, and the people that come out are great. But for everybody else who's not super super into like the single guitar, single rhythm, single vocals, um, they want to hear that beat. They want to hear the. They want to feel the bass to like really move in their seats. Um, so like really, the more big band spaces we can get, like it's going to be better for all of us. Um, the other thing that I really really like, um, I've been playing. So recently, I've been starting to play at Vintage Wines, and I'm I've like fallen for that place just because of the foot traffic. Right? I think the foot traffic. Right. Promotes music like no other. Yeah, um, I heard you in the streets. I was coming out of church. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that 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 does something for us, um, for our notoriety and just for our own branding more than anything that I can like I can ever do on my own um, because my authentic self is getting projected out onto the street, right? Um, which you don't really feel through social media. You don't really feel that necessarily through... No, it's hard. Like through word of mouth for that matter. It can happen, but yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. 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 You just got to be there. Getting an organic listen through an open window, like, you know, for example, if I were playing 
uh, the last time I played at the Boneyard, like setting up on that corner right there, I'm I'm blasting a speaker out onto the street just to like get as much foot traffic as I can. Um, and then for that matter, I mean, at some point, opening these like barn doors, opening the garage doors, the overheads, mm-hmm. would be super sweet. And just like setting up in, right inside the garage doors and like playing this way and out toward the street and kind of doing both, that would be really, really cool. But yeah, yeah mostly, um, I'd say, yeah, the big band spaces, we need more big band spaces, but we also need more. Oh, I left out the Blue Moon. The Blue Moon's been putting a lot of people up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're doing a lot. Um, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I think Thursdays are doing single, like small shows. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> they're doing stuff at the Blue Moon. He's laughing um, at me because I, I choked on my beer. Um, bless you. <laughs> All the local venues love you right now because you're plugging everybody. And they're like, yes. There's probably some that I've forgotten, but... Um, but you know, just more of that, more, more big band stuff. And the other thing is like as much music as we can get on the foot traffic scene, like the better. Um, have you ever done the, the farmer's market? Yes. You have? I, 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 I never have. I've done the farmer's, I've never played the farmer's market. So maybe I misunderstood the question, but I've been out there the last couple of times because I had my nieces and nephews in town. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. With all of these kids. Sure. So I'm like, I'm going to go take them to the farmer's market because yeah. surely there will be stuff to do. And then everyone's like, yeah, but don't call me Shirley. Um, so I got them all these Italian sodas. So I'm going to plug Uncle Cletus. He comes out to the farmer's market. That's a spot. Every, yeah. And we got all these like huge, ridiculous mugs. And... Um, I love it. There's some people that swear by the farmer's market, performing at the farmer's market. Yeah. and um, I've really never done it myself. but I can see you doing really well at the farmer's market. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe I to think drum up some support. I think it's just busking, sure. though. Like, I don't think yeah. they... I think so. I think you're right. It's just busking. And I know it's permitted now, so everyone has to get a license and wear their badge. You have to wear I've, a badge? I, from what I've been told, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's like a... <laughs> Right? <laughs> if I showed up, I think I'd just, we don't need no stinking badges. Ah! <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine you myself doing that. You guys know how busking works? Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. So, um, yeah, I, I totally, it's awesome to see all the people out performing every Saturday. Um, when you do go out, I've never done it mm. myself. Um, I'm just so lazy. It's so nice. You, you to gotta like, get on top of that, yeah, David. Come so on. Lazy. No, get over it. Um, yeah. <laughs> everybody blow up his social media and stop telling him to be so lazy. Here's what I love about the farmer's market, because I feel like there is a certain community within our music community that is kind of the same people who know that it's there. But there are people in Las Cruces who don't realize that we have such great music and talent here, and they don't know where to find it, and they don't know where yeah. to go, because... The chain restaurants here, if you just go to the same big chain restaurants all the time, you're not going to find it because none of them, besides Ruby Tuesdays, they're expanding their patio. So they don't have music right now, but they will eventually. Most people don't have local music. But if you go out to the farmer's market, I feel like that's something that our community does, regardless of whether or not they're into music or not. So I think that is a way to bring people in Las Cruces who are not familiar with yeah. 
the niche that we have here and the talent that we have here to kind of expose them a little bit. So any musicians out there who kind of turn your nose down at the farmer's market, we need you because we need to figure out a way to bring all these Public people who don't know. Right? Yeah. yeah. The people that who don't go to Messiah, yeah. you know, true. true. There's I mean, a there's a lot of people, people that kind of steer clear. I can't find parking. I can't, uh, what's the other excuse for not going to Messiah? Know. I don't know. I don't know. It's not but good enough. I will but. say, as as small as our town is, right? We have like such a great local music scene. Um, like you don't get to you don't get to look around everywhere and get to see people like you, people like Chris Baker, people like uh, so like Daniel Park is from here. Like people like right. Frank Ray or Brianna Bagwell, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, so there's all these people that have like moved on for the ones that haven't moved on from this place. Um, like people like Adrian Batista, right? Um, yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to get him to come super, on too. Super, oh, you should totally get him on here. He thinks he, yeah. he's like, I'm not enough of a songwriter to come on the songwriter's dude, podcast. Dude, no, he's got it. He's got dude. it. He's got it. Dude. He's got it going on. Dude. Um, Let's make Las Cruces the, me- the next music city. Let's, so, let's keep our talent here. That's yeah, what I'm trying to figure no, out. There's no, there's no reason not to. Um, I'm super invested in our town. I'm invested in our community. I've always known I wanted to be back here um, eventually. I love visiting places and getting to see how they do things and do things differently. Um, but this is home to me, and I really want to make, make the most of it. So... Um, you know, whatever we can do to like keep the music scene active, that's awesome. Myself, I'm a very small player in that, but I really, really want to keep like keep that talent here. It'd be awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Fist bump. But thank God for places like the Icebox. Thank you, yeah. Icebox. So, who've like extended an olive branch to so many musicians already. Uh, places like uh, Lunarosa, not Lunarosa, yes, Lunarosa, Luna but Rosa. also Rio mm-hmm. Grande Winery. Um, Sombra Antigua is doing a lot of good stuff. Uh, they have music every Friday and Saturday, Sunday, right now during the summer. Yes. Um, there's uh, Josefina's. Vintage Josefina's, Don Felix. Um, the sea is a great market. place to go to hear yeah. a lot of music. Yeah. Oh, you can. Oh, you, you'll trip and fall into a musician in Lucia. Maybe not bands. Maybe sure. Not bands. Sure. So we talked about yeah. that. La Posa Hacienda. Um, both like, I mean, super grateful for them for just putting me out on their in, in their patio and like just say go to work. It feels it makes me feel so good. Did they pay when, you uh, in tacos? You can tell me. Um, I won't tell anyone. They pay me in compliments, which is all I really. <laughs> Which is all I really need. Um, it's all I've ever wanted. Um, <laughs> um, I want tacos. Compliments <laughs> will get you. Compliments will get you far, but I, tacos will get you farther. True. Yeah. 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 Well, tacos will get you farting. Um, maybe I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. We need we need to wrap, wrap up the up. hour. All right. We need to wrap up the hour. Thank you so much, uh, David Olgeen, for being here. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Icebox Brewery. You guys are amazing. I love the staff. Thanks, I guys. love the beer. And they have three locations. One of them, the one that we're sitting at Icebox Brewery, is on Main Street. Um, it's the Boneyard Cantina. 
and they actually have a really good menu here. You can you can come in, you can order food, you can. Um, they have these like deep fried taco rolls that I had the last time I was here, and they were amazing. So check out all the locations. This whole podcast is made possible by our partners at Bravo Mike Communications and Las Cruces Today. They're the ones that help distribute this and help get the word out. Much love and thanks to them. And, of course, a special thank you to our guest, David Olguin. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, so fun. All right. Round of, yeah, round of applause for David Olguin. All right. And we'll see you next Friday, people. Till next time, catch on the flippity flip. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Abiding Blue podcast. If you enjoy the show, please help us grow it by leaving a review and giving it a share. If you'd like to be considered as a guest for the show, please contact us through bitingblueproductionsllc.com. We'll see you next week.